altered states of consciousness, microdosing, plant medicine. What do all these things mean? What do all these things have in common? Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help you feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. Today, I'm joined by Tiffany Hurd. Tiffany is a microdosing and plant medicine mentor, and we want to guide you to feel more at home in your body. Today's episode is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company, and I use their products daily. So click the link in the show notes, use code everybody at checkout for $10 off your entire order. Now, on to episode 138 with Tiffany Hurd. Hello, welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashbitz. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I have a very important question, the first question. And yeah, nothing else will be as important as this question. So that's why I start off this way. And so hopefully um, you feel like answering it honestly. But Tiffany, how, how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? That's a great question. Thanks. I can feel like the meaning behind it. You know, I am doing, I'm doing very well. There's slight overwhelm that's, that's here in the room. Just, I was on vacation and kind of came back in and just had a bunch of things happening the last few days. So that's a little present. Um, But with that, like in the same breath, I'm also very grounded, um, feeling really grateful and um, yeah, feeling really good in my body. Yeah, I'm excited to also just be speaking about the things I love on this podcast with an awesome new friend. So yeah, doing great. <laughs> Lovely. That's a, what a fantastic answer. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> how am I? I actually, I, I feel very much the same way as you do, like most of the time. Mm, yeah. Like I have a sense of of overwhelm based on just like the things that I'm trying to accomplish. Mm. And, but also a sense of like, deep peace because I know that I'm supposed to be doing this. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then coming from an athlete background, such as yourself, it's always like this sort of drive grind mentality, but then like that sort of like pushes you too far. And then, you're, and then you start to feel a bit <clears throat> overwhelmed and then you're like, okay, how can I like draw it back a little bit, but then also mm-hmm. still do the thing that I want to do, which is what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. so it took me a bit to like, figure out how to like that it was okay to feel two emotions at one time. Mm, like, mm-hmm. You don't just have to feel one way and then mm-hmm. like have that. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting that you say that. Was that some similar for you with like having mutually mutual emotions? You know, I, and I love that you spoke into that too. Yeah. I, I've kind of like something, a lot of the work that I do and we'll get into this is, you know, being able to hold it all, like just to be with it all. So mm-hmm you know, without judgment, like it's okay to feel overwhelmed and to also feel this like deep sense of peace, like like you just shared, you know, I think both of them get to be here and be in the room. And, um, sometimes you don't have to try to fix it or do anything about it. You can just be with it and you can just hold it and observe and have the awareness and, you know, allow things to unfold from that place. So 
yeah, that's definitely an experience of mine. <laughs> yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, microdosing or just taking, um, psychedelics in general, uh, can mm -hmm. help that a lot, especially in, in my personal experience. And we'll get into your expertise. We'll get to it like right now, <laughs> um, hey, like, like this second. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think we should, before we get into all of that, I think we should yeah. define some terms. So I think an important term to define would be like, what is plant medicine? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So plant medicine is, you know, also psychedelics. It's, it's a hallucinogenic substance, substance, excuse me, that can really be used some of them in a microdosing setting. So like sub perceptual meaning, it's such a small amount that you're not going to hallucinate, hallucinate. You shouldn't hallucinate with the microdose. And then there obviously are higher doses. Um, you can refer to those as like ceremonial sitting and those take you more on like a, a bigger, deeper sense, um, of self of journey. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's many different angles that I can take with, you know, what plant medicines are within that space. Um, each medicine really, provides its own kind of healing journey and its own experience. And so, you know, I'm sure we'll dive into this more, but a lot of, a lot of when it comes to even like selecting or choosing or being called to, you know, a certain plant medicine psychedelic to work with, um, a lot of it kind of depends on, on what you're really desiring to experience. What are you, you know, why are you wanting to work with these medicines? It could be for healing mental health purposes or, you know, accessing like flow states and things along those lines. And so point being is like, really, what's, what's the intention for working with these medicines? And rather than viewing the medicines as, as a place of, you know, how can they fix me or heal me or those types of, of things is how can I work with these medicines in a way where they're supporting me and reaching my intentions, my goals, what have you, so that I can, you know, live a more healthier, serving, abundant life. Yeah. And yeah. working with this type of stuff, I mean, it's, it's not like a new thing. People have been doing this drug for like a long time, but it's yeah. new in a sense of the mm. uh, unequivocal positive effects that it can have mm. on you if you do it in an appropriate intentional manner. So mm. how did how did you stumble upon this? How did you think it could be a career? Because I'm sure mm. you've gotten the, the, is that a real job? Mm. Are you sure that's a real job? Like yeah. can you actually do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. So, you know, to kind of like paint the picture, give you a little journey of my story here is, you know, how did I get into this work? So, you know, I was in a very high um, executive medical corporate career. It was, it was quite unfulfilling for me at the time, you know, but during that time period, I was, you know, making the most income I was ever making. I was like, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. I was, you know, quote unquote, like really, I, I was crushing it. I made it. And so, um, you know, I was with the Fortune 500 company. I was on call in surgery for patients who specifically were having strokes and uh, brain aneurysms. And so to me, I was always questioning, like, you know, what's going on in these people's lives as to why they are arriving in a place of having a stroke to begin with. And so, you know, I always kind of had this passion to support to to support people in treating like the root cause of what was happening so that you know, they wouldn't be sitting in the in, in the OR to begin with. They wouldn't be having surgery to begin with. They wouldn't be having a stroke to begin with. Obviously, this is one category. Everybody's not in this experience. But, you know, being in that career at the time, like this really got my mind thinking. And so, you know, as I started diving deeper into an alternative career path, this really led me down the path of personal development, led me down a path 
um, of like leadership programs. And then soon I arrived in, um, in plant medicine work. And so five years ago, I was called to sit with ayahuasca in a ceremony, but I was on SSR and medications. I was on Lexapro. I was on Adderall for about six years. And really this was because, you know, my upbringing, um, you know, having like a really challenging upbringing and just having a lot of unresolved trauma. And this was creating a lot of anxiety, um, is creating like depression symptoms for me. And so fast forward to sit in ceremony with ayahuasca, you can't be on SSRI medication. Um, so I took a deeper look at, you know, my lifestyle habits. I took a deeper look at the areas that I desired to really change and, you know, through this, I realized, Hey, medication really isn't for me. It was really just all I knew at the time. And so, you know, fast forward from that place, I started just doing my own research about microdosing. I was hearing that microdosing, you know, was really supportive and potentially getting off medication and things like that. And so I did it. And two months later, I was completely off. I was side effect free. And I was really just feeling the most in my body that I really had ever felt up until that point. And so as I continued to just dive, you know, deeper into my own plant medicine work, microdosing just kept coming back to me. And it really became so clear that, you know, I was to really begin to start sharing this healing work with other people. And so shortly after, you know, I walked away from my medical medical career and I started focusing on, focusing on serving this work and yeah, I've been serving this work for about four years now, and it's been really incredible. Is there a, like a path to get trained? Like, is there mm -hmm. like how, how, cause like you have sort of an intuition, a gut feeling about being drawn to this sort of work. Sure. Mm -hmm. And that's important because you mm -hmm. should follow that gut. And if you're not already like in your body, you don't trust your senses. You're not going to follow that sort of passion. So totally. kudos to you that you actually did. Right. That's amazing. But then there's you you gotta be able to like know what to do because this is very yeah. complicated stuff. And you're sort of mm -hmm. holding someone's mm -hmm. hand as they go through this like really could be very hard path because they're seeing things they might have avoided and all sorts of stuff that could come up on a sort of um psychedelic right. journey. So what's that right. process like? Right. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad that you brought that in because that, that is like a really crucial piece. Um, in, in serving the medicine, because, you know, not only just do I guide people through microdosing, but I'm also facilitating, you know, actual ceremonies so that that's like a much bigger experience. And so with both either, depending on whatever psychedelic plant medicine that you're, you're serving and working with people, um, you know, with, uh, it did require training. So I've done um, a, an apprenticeship where that was a year long training to, you know, learn how to actually like facilitate the work. And so, you know, of course, you know, that comes from my own personal sitting and my own experience. Like that's a crucial step in order to serve this medicine. Like you get to have the experience of, of what it's like to actually be in those experiences. So like, you know, that hands-on experience is, is absolutely necessary. And then an apprenticeship, I've done that. Um, I've done like some specific like microdosing certifications, things along those lines, some trauma informed um, certifications. I'm actually going to be doing a year long program coming up here soon that kind of is like a full on umbrella of it all. And so it's always just evolving. Like I'm always, you know, I'm always looking for how can I continue to educate myself and, and become more informed so that I can really serve the human that's in front of me in a way that's safe, in a way that really holds the reverence of the medicine and in the way that is incredibly in integrity 
um, with the healing that they're coming to me for. So yeah, I love that question. What, what do you, the people that are coming to see you, what are you seeing most often? Mm-hmm. It's such a variety. Yeah. It's such I know a that's variety. a very broad, broad question. Probably hard yeah, to answer. No, it, but... It's a great question because that's kind of, um, that's kind of like how, what I'm experiencing with, with psychedelics is kind of how it works. Like there is one, there's no one size fits all approach to this. I mean, you're kind of, it's very open with what the medicines can really offer you. So, you know, to, to directly answer that question, you know, there's kind of like this whole mental health wave that comes in anxiety, depression, um, OCD, PTSD, addiction, like everything that kind of falls into that sometimes even chronic pain, um, you know, wanting to kind of take that like healing approach, wanting to come, come back into connection with self, wanting to get off medication is something that I see really often. Um, so there's that kind of umbrella that, that comes in pretty consistently. And then there's like a whole other piece of people that, you know, want to use it for performance or want to use it for flow states or, you know, creativity with like projects and and things like that. And so, um, it really shines in all of the above, really dependent upon, like I said earlier, the medicine, your intentions, um, the guidance that you have in working with the medicines. So, yeah. I I think that our society, right, we're, we're very quick to think that the fix for all of our issues is medication, mm-hmm. especially in the mental health field. And I don't think that's the um, that's the person who needs the help's fault, right? They're listening mm-hmm. to sort of their their trusted mm-hmm. professional. And for whatever reason, I don't think it's really the doctor's fault either. I think there's like an overarching thing that's like causing a lot of this stuff. But our first sort of action, whatever it is, is like, here's some drugs. This is all you need to do. That's it. Yeah. And we're not talking about like behavior change, like habits, patterns, what happened in your childhood, looking at all of these things before and then potentially adding a medication on top of that, because I've seen medication work extremely well, uh, but yep. I've also seen it completely dysregulate people's whole nervous systems where they can't feel anything. They're zombies. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not a life, right? I mm-hmm. want to feel the hard stuff because then I know that I'm going to feel the good stuff as well. And yeah. so I think potentially what people see when they when they hear all of the really mm-hmm. solid evidence for these drugs, this, the psychedelics is that this is going to fix everything for me if I just do this one time. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is basically mm-hmm. how if I were to come to you and I want to work with you, what's the journey that you take me through? So mm-hmm. that basically you're proving to me that I have to also put in the work consistently, but these drugs are going to help me get there as like, a guide as well as you doing the work as well with me. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's an awesome question. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm very straightforward. I'm, I'm very transparent, especially when I'm connecting with people before we work together is, you know, the, the biggest piece with this is in my opinion, like education. And so I try to do my best to educate them on, on that front, but to also speak into, you know, Hey, like this isn't a magic pill. This isn't something that's going to just fix you. Like it's the way that I explain it is like psychedelics can, can open, can, can show you the doorway. It's up to you to walk through it. It's up Mm. to you to, you know, make the changes to take action. Um, 
And so I, I'm really transparent about that. And a lot of it kind of circles back around to, you know, what is your reasoning for wanting to work with with psychedelics? Like, what are you actually wanting out of this experience? And so that's definitely here and that's definitely present. And so that's kind of like the, the foundational piece of things. And then, you know, and there's more I can go into with that, but um, in terms of like the journey in itself, it's, you know, I work with people on a weekly basis. So if I'm guiding someone through a microdosing journey, we're working together for six weeks. And so they're all, you know, we get them set up on their protocol, they're they're microdosing. And then we have those accountability check-ins weekly to just dive deeper into things. And it's really in those calls where we're going deeper into such as what you created, like, or such as what you shared, the accountability piece, the, um, you know, shifting habits, like shifting habitual patterns, those types of things. And so when you can, when you begin the journey of microdosing, like with intention that holds like a certain reverence to it, where you're really training, teaching, guiding people how to live their life with intention, how to be more present in their life, how to have more awareness with things. And so, you know, each microdosing day, there's specific intentions that you're sitting with before you even take the medicine. And I find that people actually um, end up doing that just every day in general. So it's creating these new, um, these new healthier habits. And so, it's not the medicine that's creating that, of course, it's the human. But if we're talking about psilocybin mushrooms with microdosing, you know, it's there's so much research and data that's out there that has proven that, you know, the science behind it is actually creating new neural pathways in your brain. It's opening up new neurogenesis, new neuroplasticity. And so what that means is it's allowing you to get out of that same thought loop pattern that you're in. Usually that shows with anxiety, addiction, like um, you know, depression where you're in that same, that same experience. And it's not until you can start to view it differently with a new perspective that you're able to really shift things and move things. And so, you know, in that experience, that's what's happening. And so you have me as the guide, that's like helping you work with those windows of opportunities when they are presenting themselves. Um, and then that's, you know, anchoring you into, you know, the new healthier patterns that are, that are coming in, you know? And so it's not only like, can you be with, uh, you know, the new healthier habits that are here? Because it's like, it can pop in and you're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. I experienced it this way for a few days, but how can you hold that and actually integrate it into action, into embodied action throughout, you know, the days, the weeks, the months, so that it really lands and sticks. And that's really the journey. Yeah. You're trying, <clears throat> like, I think the the psilocybin or whatever uh, type of drug you're using allows you to sort of um, zero in on the relevant information. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so if you're able to see it clearly, like when I'm going, when we're going through our day-to-day -day life, it's hard because we're in like this, you know, the, we're just humans. It's hard, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard be being present. a human, right. It's hard to get, <laughs> it's hard to get present. It's hard to notice these things. If you're not actively doing it, if you're not conscious of it, right. And so being able to sort of zoom out, which you can um, on some of these drugs, then you yeah. can zero in on, on the relevant information and be like, this is it. This is mm -hmm. the gold nugget. And then like you're saying, especially with someone who's trained in it to teach you how to integrate it over a long period of time. Now yeah. you're, you're aiming to be that person that you saw that you know you could be when you didn't even realize you could be that person mm -hmm. before, which is, which is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really allows you to be super present with yourself and 
get out of your own way and all the things that you've been, you know, worried about and stressed about and anxious about, you know, you really, something that I see that's really common is you start to really soften in those spaces and, and realize, wow, you know, that actually isn't serving me or I'm actually not anxious in the ways that I thought I've just been so stuck and so set on this particular thing. So yeah, I kind of, I see it all. It is pretty, it's pretty magic. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's not to say that like, it's, it's not like you're going to work with psychedelics or, you know, if we're staying on the topic of microdosing, it's not like you're going to microdose and you're like, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be so this like, yes, it usually plays out in a way that is of course positive and, Mm. but it takes work. It requires your effort, requires your active participation. And, you know, a lot of people will actually feel more emotional during microdosing. So specifically, like if you're on medication and, you know, we're working towards tapering off of it and, and you're microdosing, you know, it's kind of like you're removing the negative, bringing in the positive where, you know, what, what once was numb in the body, which you kind of spoke into before with, with perhaps the medication, once you start to take that out and you bring in microdosing, microdosing is allowing you to feel. So a lot of people will actually start to feel their emotions that they haven't been feeling in years. And that brings, you know, layers of different emotions and layers of different things, the process. So that's where like, you know, it does, it does become a experience of effort. Right. And then I, I think that's where people get uh, caught up in saying that it's a like a bad trip, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, microdosing is not working for me. Or you know, there's a variety of things, of common things that that I hear, and you know, there's a lot that we can go into with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I I've taken I've done three mushroom trips. I did um, three grams each time that I did mm-hmm. a, a journey, and. Mm-hmm. The second one that I did was like, like very hard. It was like mm-hmm. the first yeah. one I did was like, I was like out in nature. It was like sunshine and beautiful. I saw the trees were like breathing and everything was like magical. And I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I got way more <laughs> present. I was able to like zoom out on my life. Be like, oh, this is incredible. And then I took from that, like, oh, I should try and be more present in my life and see like the beauty in everything, especially like all the living things around me. Great. Mm-hmm. So going into my second trip, I was like, oh, it's going to be just as good. And it was just as good, but like in the worst, Hard. hardest possible way. I was like laying on the floor. My stomach was hurting. I felt like I couldn't sleep or like lay down or rest and like, and then sort of try to take some of that, you know, what does that mean for me in my life? How can I again, take some of these things? Okay. I probably need to prioritize myself a little bit more. I probably need to think about my rest and recovery a little bit. Where am I pushing myself too thin? you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And then, and then you try to integrate it. And that's of course very hard. It's always hard to integrate anything new into your life, but you do it consistently with some persistence and some grace for yourself. And, and then it starts to work. And now sleep, rest and recovery are a huge, a huge part of my life. And yeah. uh, I take pride in that as well as the, as the working hard stuff that I do during the day, I'm trying to mm-hmm. work just as hard as when I lay down to sleep so I can wake up energized and ready to go. So That's my sort of take on like a, on a bad trip. I think it's just hard. It's just hard because we're, we've been avoiding some of these things for so long. Yeah. And now we've just shoved it under the rug. And now Mm -hmm. the dragon is so big. It's trying to burn our fucking house down. Like like, shit. I I see the dragon. The dragon is now in front of me because I am on these, (laughs) these beautiful drugs. What am I meant to do? Well, the hero's journey is about fighting the dragon. 
and getting mm -hmm. scars and not getting knocked down and then coming back up and being like, yep, I'm still moving forward because I'm the mm -hmm. hero of my own journey. And so mm -hmm. that was a long winded sort of statement, but hopefully you I love it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love that you spoke into that. And thanks for sharing your experience. Um, you know, and I, the, the piece of like a hard, a hard trip or a hard journey or, you know, however you want to view it, it is that like, it, it is work. And, you know, you really spoke into it beautifully because the hard part is, you know, our control of like the fear and like wanting to hold on to just, you know, the ways that we've been. And so in that it's like, you know, years and years and years of programming and childhood and all those types of things that you've created certain beliefs, like deep habitual programming. And so to really unravel, like unravel years and years and years of that, it's not going to happen like this, right? Like you're going to grip on tight. It's going to be uncomfortable at times. Um, but that's why I love the, the plant medicine work because it can show you these new ways of stepping into these like new ways of being such as what you experienced. And, you know, from that point, you still don't have to make the change, but once it's revealed to you, what's here and available and possible, something shifts within you of wanting that, because why else would you be sitting in, in a bigger experience like that? If, if you didn't desire change in some kind of way. Exactly. Yeah. So, <clears throat> There's this yeah. guy um, who works out at the university of Toronto. His name's John Verveke. I don't know if you've ever heard mm -hmm. of him, but he did like a, like a, 50 part YouTube series on awakening from the meaning crisis. Mm. And one of the videos he talked about like altered states of consciousness and higher states of consciousness. And he basically says that these sorts of drugs work because they're, they're what he calls disruptive strategies. Mm. And I thought that was quite cool because basically it's like, like you just said, right. It's, it's designed to disrupt your normal ways of thinking. Yeah. And so then you're like, this feeling is more real than what has been real my whole life. And mm. I feel disrupted. And now yeah. I have this like enhanced wisdom about my life. And then from there, it's it's just a choice, whether you want to use that wisdom to transform or yeah. you want to continue to have this sort of self-deception that's keeping you in the mm. spot that you're at. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I love that. 100%. Yeah. And there's like so many routes that I can go with that too, but I, I would agree. Yeah. We'll keep okay. It uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to pick one, we can, or I have, I have some more things I we can discuss. Yeah, no, go for it. Go for it. <clears throat> I like, um, that you say, speaking of like habits and all of this stuff that you say mm -hmm. the, um, the nervous system nourishment, I thought that was a cool mm -hmm. way of putting that. So what does that mean? How do you work that in with your clients? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the work that, that I do is like really, really focusing on like the intersections between physical and mental health and microdosing plant medicine. So in other words, like what your current health state is to where you desire it to be. And we do this through intimate psychedelic work in combination with nervous system regulation. So, you know, nurse nervous system nourishment. And so what that means, what that means is to me, like getting into the body, getting into regulating your nervous system. So going back to the question that you asked me, you know, who comes to you? Why do they come to you? What are they looking for? The most common theme I see is like stress, something really stress related anxiousness. And so to me right away, it's like, okay, their system's really dysregulated. And so, you know, a lot of the work that I do within that is is helping people get more grounded, helping people get more in their bodies because that's the foundational piece. And so, yes, that's, that's like one piece, but the other is 
taking a full broad look at people's lifestyle habits and, you know, simple things like foundational things, like how are you sleeping? How are you eating? Are you drinking enough water? Are you, are you, um, you know, intaking supplements? Are you getting out in nature? Like the very, very basic things that, you know, we all should be doing. And so that actually, I kind of didn't answer that earlier in a question. I can't remember the question, but kind of like the guided, the guided journey that I take people on. Like that is another like foundational piece that we go into, because if you're going to work with the medicine or any plant medicine in general, you know, before you go to a substance outside of you, let's look within you. Like how are your habits of just the basic things? And so, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the times it's also teaching people like what to do with that or teaching people, um, like rituals and self practices and things along those lines that help them ground into their body. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different angles I can take with it, but, but the main thing is, is supporting people and nourishing their bodies with all of the above that I just shared. And then, um, you know, also creating just like new, healthier self ritual practices so that, when they are in a state of fear, panic, anxiousness, what have you, they now have these new modalities and these new practices to really ground. Sometimes that looks like breath work. Sometimes that looks like nature. Sometimes that looks like um, you just like mind body awareness of just pausing, getting present, tuning into your body, like before you react and respond, which is really hard at times. It's like, how can I tune into my body and connect with with what I'm actually experiencing right now. So often we're like reacting and responding from this place of just being affected by the experience versus really taking that time to nourish, connect, regulate our bodies and, and ask the simple question of what am I experiencing right now? And then from that place, you can decide, you can decide from a place of groundedness and most likely you're not even reacting and responding in the ways that you once were before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love the, the foundational piece part because when I tell people like, if you want to be the best version of yourself, think about four things, eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well, four things, yeah. that's it. And if yeah. you can absolutely nail the basics every day over and over and over and over and over and over mm -hmm. and over mm -hmm. again, yeah. the majority of your time is going to be great. Of course, life is very unpredictable and has uncontrollable circumstances and it'll beat you down and it'll have all of these things that'll happen. Of course, those are inevitable. Pain is inevitable. Uh, loss, death, all of that stuff, inevitable. But if you've, like you're talking about, like built this foundational piece where you have these healthy protocols that you can fall to no matter the situation, then of course, you're still gonna be affected by these things. We wanna be affected by bad stuff because we're human and we wanna feel but we can able to sort of pull ourselves out of that in a, mm -hmm. in a more healthy manner. And so yeah. I think that's quite important. Do you, mm -hmm. do you think that just the general population has a, has a bad view of stress? Mm. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I, I think like, and I, and I can even like raise my hand for this at times, you know, more so in the past than now, but viewing stress as like a negative right? Like sometimes there's like a healthier stress that can come in. But I think overall, like this connotation of stress in our society has been like, you know, overworked over this, over that. Um, but I do believe that stress can come from a variety of things. You don't have to be overworked. You could just not be eating well, or your adrenals could be out of whack. I mean, there's so many different ways to approach that, but to simply answer it, um, kind of, yeah, I'd say kind of. 
Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say I'm I'm with you on that. It's kind of sort of like a both and like yeah, like yes, we have a sort of a a bad view of stress, but also at the same time we're like always stressed, so we just mm -hmm. sort of deal with it in this like at the same time. <clears throat> so it's hard yeah. because like ah uh, yeah, you know I'm is it it's a question that's popped up while you were talking, so I'm sort of workshopping yeah. it as we speak. But yeah, yeah, and something was coming through and it like totally left. I don't, maybe it doesn't want to be spoken, <laughs> but what was it? Um, I can't, yeah, it's not coming to me. Um, yeah, maybe it'll come back. It was something yeah. to do with stress, but it's not here anymore. <laughs> Wasn't needed, but yeah. yeah. Cause like, cause we know that like sometimes when we feel stressed, we're like, we're like sort of encouraged, let's say to do the work that we need to do like yeah. procrastination, for example. Yeah. But then, then it becomes like chronic stress and we're just feeling it all day, all the time. And then we get exhausted and then we get sick and then we're wondering why. And so yeah. it's yeah. sort of figuring out that fine line of like, okay, this is, this is the good stress. Like I'm in, I'm in this like challenge skill mm -hmm. sort of ratio balance here. Yeah. Uh, and then when I push it right here, okay, that's when I sort of need to pull back a little bit. That's, that's yeah. very hard to gauge. Um, right. You know, right. Like, I had trouble with that, especially as an athlete for a long time. Maybe you did as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the question that comes through with all this is, is what is your relationship with stress and how mm -hmm. do you handle stress when it's here? Right. It's like, we can, we can view stress and handle stress when it's here and we can outreach for things that are unhealthy. We can binge eat. We can, I don't know, just do unhealthy things, but you know, you also can, you know, you can like, I know for me, if I'm feeling anxious or stressed, like my practice is I go out in nature or I pause and breathe, or, um, you know, I do some type of meditation to like ground and down and down regulate. And so not everybody knows to do that, but that has been my relationship with stress and, and how to work with it. But, you know, you can also use it and like streamline that energy because really stress is just like a continuation of like a shit ton of energy in your body, just like circulating and circulating and circulating. And, um, you know, where do you want to direct focus that do you want to direct focus, focus it towards something that is unhealthy, or do you want to direct focus it towards something that, you know, can really create something powerful for you, you know? And I think to your point too, like as an athlete, like, you know, I don't think at the time when I was playing college basketball, like I didn't really, I didn't really even tune into the difference. I just viewed it as like, get shit done overwork, go, go, go. And obviously that has a huge impact on your body. Yeah. It's in your mind. It's hundred percent on your mind. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so interesting to think back on my college baseball career and how I would have like how my routines would have been different. The way I prepared mm -hmm. for the game would have been so different if I had just known and it, uh, I don't know, a page, let's say of what I know now. You know, know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy breath work and yoga and like oh, all the things I know. I know man. if I had just taken like three deep breaths before I went to the plate, <laughs> I'd been like, wow, I feel like amazing. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, but I'm all like I, tight and stressed and I'm like, dad, just throw it. <laughs> I have to hit, I have to hit. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, it's like, yeah. but yeah. good thing I know it now. So I can, I can teach it to the people that I work with. Right. That's all. It's all part of the journey. So. I was going to ask you about your, your own personal sort of meditation practice. Is that something you do regularly? How did, how did you develop that? 
Yeah, yeah, it's something I do regularly. And, you know, meditation is kind of like a, an interesting topic. I, I A lot of people that I work with, like kind of really feel resistance. Like, how do I meditate? Like, there's almost like this, like, used. I think it used to be this way. It's much more broad now. But, you know, meditation was you sit still and straight up. And it's like this meticulous practice. And, you know, meditation for me sometimes isn't always that. Like, sometimes I'm laying down or sometimes I am sitting up or sometimes I'm walking in nature without the phone. Like, for me, it's really just creating stillness and creating presence and eliminating the distractions around me so I can tune into my own thoughts and I can tune into my own body and my own breath. And that to me, like really allows me to just be with me. Um, and that's been a really supportive practice for me. Sometimes I have, you know, soft music, like every morning I've, I have a red light and I meditate in front of the red light. Um, usually that's with like some soft music. Sometimes there's actual guided meditation. Like I did a guided one today. Um, it really just depends. Like I tune into like, what would really feel good for me right now? Hmm. Yeah. What would you, what would you tell someone who, um, maybe wants to start a meditation practice as a new habit for 2023? Yeah. Good question. You know, I would, I would tune into, for those that are new to meditation, I probably would start with guided. Yeah. Insight timer. I have this like light orb happening behind me. It's awesome. You look like <laughs> an angel. I'm like an angel right now. Yeah. Meditation angel coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would, I would start with, with probably a guided, a guided meditation, um, insight timer. It's free. It's amazing. You can kind of just go through and play with a variety of different topics. I think that's a that's a good place to start, um, especially if you have like a really busy mind. Um, that to me has like supported me of like the guidance of getting me out of my own mind and way. Um, if you're someone who's like, hey, I just kind of want to be with just me. Um, I suggest like if the weather is up for it, go out in nature, just barefoot on the grass and just just sit there with your eyes closed and just follow follow your breath, follow the inhale, follow the exhale. And whenever thoughts come in, just just really be aware of your breath and how your breath feels when it's traveling in your nostrils and when it's traveling down your down your throat, like simplicity things to help you just kind of be with you versus the noises connect with like the, the wind or the trees or the birds, things like that. Um, I found to be like really supportive with people that are new to meditation too. Beautiful. Yeah. Connect with nature. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's one of the, the most important things like connect with nature and connect yeah. with other people like, yeah. And self and self, mm -hmm. like those three things you're, uh, you're building another sort of rock solid foundation that you can live your life on. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. But to uh, a couple final questions here before I before I let you go, where where do you see um, microdosing, um, plant medicine? Where do you see it going? Because like I I mean I haven't been following it that long, but yeah. you know, I follow Tim Ferriss and he's like really big <laughs> into this field, and so I know it's grown over the last five years. I know there's doing a ton of like real studies with like real hard actual results but those are done like yes. in, a, in a really important setting like mm -hmm. the, the set and the setting are extremely important you're not just mm -hmm. recreationally taking these drugs and going to see a rock concert and then having a bunch of beers and like expecting to be enlightened and have a self-transformation right you're, you're doing it in, in a way that's like i mean i guess you could have some transformation from that but <laughs> yeah 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 but you're doing it in a way it that, <laughs> yeah you're doing it in a way that's a little bit more intentional so Maybe yeah. where, where do you see it going? Do you see it being, yeah. I don't know, just a general question mm. on that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's obviously like a huge therapeutic model that is super present right now. Um, you know, if you look at like the first and second wave of psychedelics, like it was, it was shut down, right. Which is why it's not legal. And so really in this third wave of, of, of psychedelics were, you know, really trying to do it in the ways that are going to support the future of, of making these medicines legal. And so, you know, with that, like this is this, the therapeutic model, you know, ketamine, for example, is legal, but the therapeutic model has really already started taking place specifically as it relates to like Oregon, as an example. So Oregon has, is the first state to legalize psilocybin. There obviously are huge therapeutic models in place with, with this there. And, um, they're really like setting the stage for the models that other states, in my opinion, are most likely going to follow if it's successful. Um, you know, there's a, another handful of, of states that have decriminalized psilocybin. Um, but really we're still looking at another, you know, two to three years probably before it's actually legal, if it mm. in fact is legal in all states. Um, so, you know, I, I do believe the therapeutic model is, is going to foundationally be there. And then you have like underground guides, I guess you can call me an underground guide that are serving the medicine. Um, you can go obviously out of the country and sit in, in legal ceremonies that are, that are here now and legal, like I said, but you know, you're going to have the underground guides that are continue going to continue to serve the medicine and make it available for people in that way, because the therapeutic model, like say all say, say psilocybin is legal, like in all states, the therapeutic model still isn't going to be for everybody. Like some people may receive a lot more out of the experience in a more ceremonial um, versus office type of, you know, setting. So again, it's back to like the set in the setting, like what's going to support the individual. Um, and then lastly, like obviously big pharma has their hands all over it. I'm very familiar with that world. I lived it for <laughs> way too long, but, um, with that, I personally do believe that psychedelics specifically microdosing psilocybin, um, are going to, are going to replace our healthcare model and be an alternative treatment for SSR medication. Like I, I absolutely can see a space where microdosing is replacing medication. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll put a big fight up for it, but I, that's, yeah, I could totally see that coming in. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the more healthy, fulfilled and present people that we can have in this world, the, the yeah. better it is for all of us. So I, I'm yeah. with it. I, I'm a proponent of it myself, maybe not as, as uh, big as Tim Ferriss, at least not financially, but we'll, uh, we'll get <laughs> yeah. there. But um, yeah. speaking of Tim Ferriss, I'm stealing a question from him to end, to end this episode. If you, Tiffany, were to put up a billboard and millions of people were to see that billboard every single day, mm -hmm. what would you put on it? Interesting. Hmm. To put you on the spot. I know, That's an interesting question. Oh, what would I put on the billboard? You know, I almost like what's coming through right now is, is like, I I would probably have a close up of like, you said I would be on the billboard. You could put anything, you, words, anything. writing, okay. a saying. I was gonna say like someone's eyes, like someone's eyes that are just very like alive and vibrant and someone's smile. I don't know. Something about that was just coming through as like a way to like connect and, and, and bring in like, I don't know, love, joy, and like this inner, this sense of inner peace and freedom is what comes through. 
Um, and I, I don't know, I just, something's coming in around just like the connection that that brings. Like when you, when you can connect with a human eye to eye, um, what that can really like open up in terms of just this sense of healing. Yeah. That's what wants to be here. Fantastic. Well, that's what's going on. The I was like, I might put a cheeseburger up there. Like, I was like, do I put food on there? Like, do I want to put a plant medicine on there? And I was like, I was like, no, I'm just going to put some eyes. Yeah. Love connection, inner peace, yeah. freedom. Sounds like a yeah. beautiful billboard. We got yeah. enough space. We got enough Straight space. Forward. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, before I let you go, where can, uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more information about you? Yeah. So my Instagram is I am or at I am Tiffany Hurd. Um, you can find me on there. You can also find me on my website, tiffanyherd.com. And those are really the two platforms that I use. Um, you can sign up for uh, my newsletter on my Instagram too, and get just kind of daily updates, offers, things that are happening in the space um, through email as well. And those are the three main places. Wonderful. All that'll be linked in the show notes. So thank you very much, Tiffany, for joining me. I, I really, I really, really like this conversation. Yes. Likewise. Thank you so much. I, I loved it as well. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning into that episode. What was your biggest takeaway and how can you begin to implement that takeaway into your life? as soon as possible. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And please leave us a rating or review on Spotify and Apple. But most importantly, the absolute best way to support this podcast is through Patreon. Patreon directly supports myself, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit, You Are Loved. So click the link in the show notes and check out which tier might be best for you. But above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and others. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.